Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, would you uh, not just bless uh, this church and bless uh, our staff, but, uh, but bless this world uh, through these uh, offerings. Lord, you do so much in and through this church, and uh, we just pray that you would multiply these gifts and uh, release them uh, joyfully for the work of ministry in this region and the broader world. And we pray it all in Christ's name. And all of God's people agreed and said, amen. Man, as they're, as they're um, uh, uh, doing their wonderful responsibility, I want to share just a couple of, of things. Uh, Christine mentioned tent and treat coming up. There's a little table out there where you can uh, uh, pick up those things that she shared. Uh, but there's also, you may have noticed, the Christmas boxes, uh, shoe boxes when you came in. Uh, that's uh, Operation Christmas Child. Uh, we, we do... Uh, 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 we participate in that every year, and this year we, we've got 200 shoe boxes. Grab one on the way out if you want. This is a great thing to do with your children if you have kids. I uh, would really encourage you to do that. If all the boxes are gone, there will be more next week also. Um, and, and I also wanted to mention, uh, as you leave today, we've got the, the food packaging event coming up on Saturday, November 2nd, just two weeks from yesterday. And we've made a lot of progress, but uh, we, we, need, uh, we need folks to show up that Saturday so that we can continue to multiply the loaves and the fishes uh, for, for the sake of uh, the world around us. But, um, but uh, well, welcome. I want to uh, make sure to welcome you to Troy United Methodist Church. My name is Andy. Uh, for those of you I haven't had the opportunity to meet, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, and I'm really excited that you're here as we continue this series, Days and Nights with Jesus. Uh, we really have decided to, to take all of October and November to come alongside Jesus and, and see what he's all about. Uh, really get a, get a glimpse of, of the heart and the character and mission of Jesus ultimately to decide for ourselves if he's truly worth following, if he's truly worth trusting our lives to. And so we've gotten some great insight into who Jesus really is, what he's all about uh, in this series so far. We, we got an amazing glimpse of his heart by looking at the night that Jesus trashed a party when he forgave a notorious sinner uh, because she came to him with a, a humble heart. Uh, we saw how Jesus cares not just for insiders, uh, but for outsiders too, how he not only cares for uh, meeting our spiritual needs, but he also cares about meeting our physical needs. And we saw that in the day that Jesus fed the thousands. And of course, we participated in feeding the thousands ourselves. And, and just, just the joy level of that day in this room was off the charts. And if you want to be a part of that again, I, I want to mention that November 2nd date. Please uh, sign up for an hour or two of helping to feed the thousands. We packaged meals for over 20,000 people on that Sunday and have another 30,000 or so to go. So I hope that you would uh, be a part of that. And last week, of course, uh, Clint uh, was here and uh, Clint shared uh, the night that Jesus asked the impossible. He, he, he said, hey, you must be born again. Uh, born not only uh, cleansed by water, but have a new spirit uh, with right desires placed in your heart. All made possible because of Jesus' sacrifice uh, for you and for me. So I, I think we're getting a clearer picture um, each week of who Jesus is. And I hope and pray that your heart uh, is opening wider and wider uh, to Christ during these weeks. Today we've got something special in store for you too. The day that Jesus made trees 
walk. And I've spoken with uh, a few folks in the weeks leading up to today, and I've gotten a couple of comments like, what Bible are you reading, Andy? Uh, the Gospel According to the Lord of the Rings? Uh, and as, as great as that book would be, uh, and it would be great, uh, uh, you know, the day that Jesus made trees walk is a very real event in the Bible, you know, the, the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures. And if you don't believe me, you'll want to turn to uh, the book of Mark. It's the second book in the New Testament, about three-quarters of the way through the Bible, uh, to chapter 8. Uh, it's verses uh, starting at verse 22. But I, I really believe uh, that, that when the, the Bible, the Word of God, uh, penetrates your heart, uh, that you'll not only find yourself in its pages, but the very words and the Spirit of God working through those words can transform your life. And such is the case in the, this event that we're looking at today um, in Jesus' life. This is, this is a story of a healing, um, a miraculous healing, a one that is surprisingly unlike any other healing miracle that Jesus performed, uh, but one that I think can change uh, you and me forever. So let me, let me read this for you. When they, the Jesus and the disciples, arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch and heal the man. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands over the man's eyes again. As the man stared intently, his sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. Anybody here wear glasses or contacts? I, I can see some of you uh, that are wearing glasses today. I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I started having to wear glasses uh, when I was in the fifth grade. I, I had to go to the doctor's office because I, I had hit my head on somebody else's head really hard uh, during PE. And so they, they sent me to the doctor's office. And I remember vivid, I vividly remember being there and having them uh, have me stand uh, about from here to, to Tracy here in the, the second row uh, and, and read the letters off of the, <laughs> off the board. And I couldn't make out hardly any of them at all. It was, I, I knew, oh no, what is wrong with me? And I, I, I know, I remember how much I hated the idea of wearing glasses. I mean, it was, it was you know, fifth grade vanity and, and everything. <laughs> but, but when I think about it now, I would rather wear the ugliest glasses in the world, then go without being able to see and see clearly. What, wouldn't you? I, I mean, seriously, I, I think I'm safe in saying that out of the five senses, most of us would choose to lose one of the other four before we'd ever choose to lose our sight. Well, the, the man in this story, though, he didn't have that choice. This was his reality. 
And we don't, we don't know for sure if he was born blind or not. Uh, just reading it, I tend to think that, that maybe he wasn't born blind because he was able to distinguish a little bit between people and, and, and trees. And, and, and so, uh, but it really doesn't matter uh, because regardless, he was blind. He, he had lived his life uh, with this limitation, needing to depend on, on others to lead him around, unable to live his life fully because of, of this disability that he had. And, and all of us here today are, uh, can connect with that, I think, to some degree. Uh, it may, might not be blindness, uh, but we all have our, our things, our, our limitations, things that make life difficult. I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Or th- things that... that we don't totally know how to manage. Whether it's finances and debt that we've found ourselves in or learning how to live as a single mom or a single dad, uh, that's just our situation. (laughs) Or fighting against new limits that we find in our lives due to aging. Or or dealing with the ups and downs of depression or or struggling with the after effects of losing a loved one. Being paralyzed by fear. That's why I love that song um, that we sang earlier too. Uh, Or maybe living with an addiction that has you feeling trapped and disabled in some way. And and what we often need most in those situations I've found is someone who knows their way through the territory that that we find ourselves in. Uh, The territory that's unknown to us. And that's, I think, what's happening when Jesus comes to Bethsaida, right? A group of people bring this blind man to Jesus and beg him to heal the man. You see, this guy needed someone, like like we need someone, to lead us through territory that maybe we've not walked through before. And this day, Jesus was in the town of Bethsaida, I mentioned that, Um, and this this town was the hometown of some of Jesus' disciples, three of them, in fact, Philip and the brothers Andrew and Peter. And so we have some, some sense, I think it's safe to say, that Jesus had been here before. Uh, he had been here, people had seen him uh, teach, uh, heard him teach, seen miracles that he had performed. And, and these people who knew Jesus' reputation, had seen him, experienced him firsthand, now bring this blind man to Jesus. And, and I don't know if, if maybe they had to bring him because he couldn't get there himself. Uh, he probably had to be led around quite a bit in his life. But maybe there's something else going on on a deeper level here too. Maybe, maybe this guy had just lost hope that his situation could ever be made better. But maybe he needed someone else to say, come on, I know a place. I, I know someone who can help you find what you need most. And isn't that why most of us are here this morning or, or tuning in online later? And we're, we're here because someone sitting next to us invited us or, or we heard that, that Jesus can make a difference in our life somehow, um, People have, have shared their, their story of Jesus making a difference in, in their life, and, and so they've invited you to listen to this message or, or come here on this day. 
because they've been growing. They, they've been experiencing how much God loves them, and they want you to experience that too. And I think that's what these guys did. They, they made the invitation. They brought, even physically, this blind man to see Jesus. They, they, they knew that they didn't have the power to make a difference in his life, but they knew who could. They knew that Jesus could. They, they knew that Jesus had, had the power to change his life. All they could do was, was get this man into the place where Jesus could do more, and that's where Jesus steps in. He steps in and offers this guy his hand, the same hand that I think he's offering uh, each one of us today. And then in, in verse 23, it says that Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? You know, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and he led him out. I, I, I remember the very first time that uh, my wife, Amy Jo, and I uh, ever held hands. Uh, this is a good thing to remember, uh, guys. Uh, you know, remember that first time. I, it was, this dates me a little bit, but it was uh, right after we had gone to see the movie Notting Hill about two decades ago. And it was on the, we were walking back from the movie theater uh, to her apartment, which wasn't very far away. And I, and I, I did, I like, I reached out my hand, like just kind of bump her side and see if she would take my hand too. And she did, uh, thankfully, and it's all, that's all history after that. But, but that, that, that was the first touch that we had that couldn't be interpreted as we're just friends. That, that was the, that, that first, that change, that touch changed our relationship. And when Jesus reached out his hand, to this blind man, I think it changed their relationship too. That, that touch. Jesus offered him his hand and he led him. But I've often wondered, why did Jesus lead him out of the village? You know, why, why not just heal him right there where there were lots of people who, who could witness it and see it and, and give glory to God for it? That really would have impressed the crowds. And it got me thinking. You know, Jesus... Jesus, when he did healing miracles, he wasn't, he wasn't overly concerned about impressing everyone. He, he was much more concerned about transforming someone. So he led the blind man out of the village, away from the commotion, away from the, the crowds, away from the confusion, away from, gosh, all the noise. And, and he got this blind man's attention and his focus. You know, when we come together like this, um, this is supposed to be one of those times where we can have our attention directed off all the noise, all the commotion, and, and just let Jesus have our complete attention. Now, uh, there, and there is right? There's, there's a lot of noise. And some of us, I, I found, we, we even fill our lives with noise uh, so that we don't have to deal with some of the harder stuff. Some of those limitations that we have or struggles that we have. And, and we need to come into a place where we can hear Jesus' voice, where, where he can provide direction 
for our lives, where he can speak into our, our deepest needs. And I believe Jesus wants to do that every time we get together, including today. He wants to help you through whatever challenging circumstances you find yourself in. He wants you to take his hand and trust where he leads you. But then in the story, Jesus does something that's very interesting, uh, much more interesting than just taking a hand and leading you somewhere. He, when he gets this guy out of the village, he spits on this guy's eyes. You know, I've been to several eye doctors None of them have spit on my eyes. Anybody else? How about you? Uh, you don't know. Uh, it's, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? What, why did Jesus spit? He never did this in any of the, the other miracles that we see. What, what, what's special about the spitting? Well, uh, truthfully, I'm not sure. <laughs> You just need to hear that from a pastor. I don't know why Jesus spit. Maybe I don't know. Uh, some some people have conjectured he spit to, to you know, to you know, with dirt and to, to make mud. That's in a, another one of the recollections of this story, but not not in Mark's recollection. Uh, he just spit on his eyes. Uh, but but I, I don't I don't want you to miss though what what I'm saying. I, I I'm not sure why he spit, but I am sure of this. The power. The power is not found in the method of the miracle. The power is in the messenger, is, is Jesus himself. That's where the power is. You know, some of us, we, we've grown up in religious systems. You know, we, we've, we've grown up with rituals and, and things that, that we think this is the way you do things. And, and, and sometimes we buy into those methods. But Jesus is so much bigger than a method. He's so much bigger than a ritual or a formula. I mean, Jesus can, can touch and heal us in, in many, many, many ways. Praise God, or else we'd all go around spitting on each other. Right? <laughs> uh, Jesus can touch us through movies and music he can touch us through traditions and hymns. J Jesus is so much bigger than any method. He wants us to look at the messenger. He wants us to see him in it. Jesus can heal with, with a touch. He can heal with a word. He can heal in, in total silence or, or by his mere will. He, he could heal with a glance as effectively as he could heal with a touch. He could heal with his invisible presence as easily as he could heal when he walked into a room with a sick person. What, what's important is Jesus. It's not the method that he uses. Well, well Jesus does this spit thing, and then, and then he asks the guy a question. Can you see anything now? Remember how I said there were, there were a few things that made this miracle different than any of the other ones? Uh, this, is, this is one of them. Jesus asks the recipient of the healing miracle a question. And, and he's never done that before. He's, he's, he's never gone, oh, okay, now, did it work? Are, are you healed? Can you see? Are you changed now? And, and the man, he, he looked around and... 
he effectively said, yeah, I, I see people. And I bet the disciples were like, yes, Jesus did it again in my hometown for, for, you know, for everybody to hear about. And, and I can imagine them giving each other high fives if that was a thing then. I, I, don't, I don't think it was. But I can imagine them doing that. Um, and, then, and then the man says, but they look like trees uh, walking around. And, and I can see Oh, geez, it didn't work. Jesus, what's wrong this time? Uh, but, but, but the point is, this is, what's, this is unique. Jesus asks the man a, a question. The other unique thing is this. Uh, this is the only time that Jesus ever heals someone in two stages, two steps. It's a progressive miracle. Jesus gives this man a second touch. Uh, this is the only time that ever happens. And, and I think as we read it, we're supposed to ask the question, why? Why is, why, why is this different? What, what's going on here? Uh, I mean, every other time that Jesus ever healed someone, he healed them the first time. One touch. So you know that this second touch, this deeper touch, this second stage is definitely not because Jesus didn't have the power to do it the first time. Oh, Jesus has the power. So we have to assume that Jesus is doing this for a reason. And Mark, Mark the, the writer of this gospel account of Jesus' life, this spiritual biography, he's, he's recorded a ton of miracles up to this point. And it's always done the first time, one touch. When healing Peter's mother-in-law, one touch, fever gone. Paralytic lowered through the hole in the roof, one touch, guy gets healed, walks away. A man with a withered hand, one touch, hand, fully restored. Boy possessed by an evil spirit ever since he was a child, one touch, and, and prayer, and restored, given back to his father. A, a woman suffering from hemorrhaging. Jesus didn't even touch her. She just reached out and touched his cloak. Just one touch. And that's really all that it takes. So Jesus had to have been intentionally doing something else here. This process, this Man's need for a second touch was driven by purpose and intent on Jesus' part. He wanted to teach a really important lesson for everyone there and everyone who has ever read or heard this story since. And, and this is my best stab at what that lesson is. You know, like this blind man, I, I venture that many of us need a second touch, a deeper touch a deeper healing. And if you've ever felt like you needed a little bit more of Jesus, then you're not alone. The, the fact that most people desperately need a deeper touch from Jesus, that should be great news for you. <laughs> it's it's great, great news for me. But, but how, how do you get it? I, I believe this blind man's response points out to us the, the journey to this second touch from Jesus. Because this man, um, for this man, his deeper touch from Jesus began after he was honest, very honest with Jesus. Uh, there's an important truth here for us. Um, honesty is, is the issue here. You know, looking into our hearts and, and being honest with ourselves, with, with others, and with Jesus about where we're at, about what we really need, uh, where, where we're at on our spiritual journey, I think, I think that's a, 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 
an important thing for us that Jesus is teaching here. You know, sometimes I see in myself things that aren't pretty. Um, In fact, things that that are downright ugly at times. Um, Pride, uh, arrogance, insensitivity, impatience, brokenness, impurity, insecurities. And I've been following Jesus, like really going for it for about 30 years now. Uh, and sometimes this stuff bubbles up and it, and it comes out in ways that I'm, I'm not proud of. And I think, Jesus, where did that come from? I thought we had dealt with that years ago. I, I, why, is, why am I feeling this way? Why am I responding this way? Lord, I, I need a deeper touch from you. Transform my heart. Heal me. Friends, there, there was honesty in this man. The, the man said, well, sir, can I see anything now? Well, y- y- yeah, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. Now, that might not be the answer that everybody around me is wanting to hear. But it's the truth about my situation. I think Jesus loved to hear that honesty. And he's teaching us through it. Jesus has him right where he wants him now. Jesus wants the honest truth. And I think Jesus is saying, well, you know, you you are seeing. That's pretty good. It's a lot better than where you were before I spit on your eyes. (laughs) It's pretty good. But friend, I've got something so much better for you. I don't just have good. I have the best in mind for you. You want clear vision? Be honest with me and then let me touch you again. I want you to hear me here. Good good is not best when it comes to following Jesus or or living in Christ. The, the, The enemy's greatest tactic I think in sabotaging your spiritual journey is to get you to settle for good. Now, you may have said yes to Jesus. You're regular at church. I love that. (laughs) You're you're serving on occasion. You're, You're giving on occasion. You may think to yourself, wow, things are pretty good right now. I've come a long way. Long way from where I used to be. Some of you may be even saying, wow, you, sh- you should have seen my life before. It is radically different now. God has brought me so far. Now I've got, I've got God's presence with me. I'm forgiven. And you know what? That is, that is good. Actually, it's, it's great. It, it is. But hear me, there is more. There is always more. God always has more in store with you. He's never done with you. You've never arrived at the destination of your spiritual journey. It continues. Heart and life transformation is ongoing until you stand before Jesus face to face, and then and only then are you complete. Good is not best. Where does God want to move you from good to best? Or, or, or maybe from good to better 
on the way to best. Where do you need a deeper touch from Jesus in your life? You know, whenever I'm at the eye doctor, uh, I always love it when she, she pulls out the, the uh, kind of the big machine um, and, and puts it right in front of my face and, and you know, you got to kind of nestle my, my head in there and then all the lights go off and it's just this strip of light with letters on it way out there. And, and, and then, you, have you done this before? And then uh, she'll like click through the lenses and, and say, now, is this one better or is this one? And after doing that for a while, I think, oh, this is the best, this is gonna be the best one. We've got it. And then click, and it's even better. It's like, it's like so sharp, it's so clear, and, and it's amazing what, what one little click can do. It, it can take you from okay to amazing. It can take you from good to best. And, and, and that's what we all want, right? Jesus is saying, don't settle. Let me do a deeper work. Let me touch you again. Come face to face with your need. Ask me to show you where you're blind, where your fingerprints have gotten all over the lenses and you're not seeing very clearly. Let me clean that up so that you can live life the way that I designed. Well, where is it that you need that touch? Will you take the hand of Jesus, let him lead you? Will you trust him to give you that deeper touch? I, I love the way this, this little passage ends. Simply said, the, the final verses say, then Jesus placed his hands over the man's eyes again, and the man stared intently. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Then Jesus sent him home saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. I, I love that Jesus sent him. He wasn't led anymore. People brought him there, but now he's been sent. And that's what happens when Jesus touches your life. It's like you're, you're sent. You understand your, your purpose. You, you have a leader to follow and you are sent out with confidence, sent to live life in a completely, in a completely new way. And that's what Jesus wants to do for you. But that can't happen. Before that can happen, um, where do you need Jesus to touch you first? Now, some of you here are here today, you've been following Jesus already, and yet you need a deeper touch. Uh, maybe you've been living in bondage to anger or unforgiveness or pride or insecurity or any number of things. Let God touch you. The, the touch that, that, that says in your heart, okay, God, I, I want to give it all to you. Help me live for you in everything, my time, my finances, my gifts, my talents, my relationships, everything. You can have it all. But maybe today you need to be touched by Jesus for the very first time. Maybe, maybe you've never really experienced the amazing love that Jesus has for you. If that's you, don't wait. I mean, really, don't wait. Don't wait another minute to be touched by Jesus. You've been blind. Somebody has lovingly led you to Jesus. Surrender your heart to him. Have your eyes opened into the new life that he offers. Or maybe you're here today and you need to know and experience the healing touch of Jesus. 
He's already touched your heart. You've already given him everything that you know to give. You're living your life for him, and yet, if you're honest, you're hurting. You just need a deeper touch of, of healing from him today. And if that's, if that's you, you, you know who you are. Just be honest with Jesus about what you need and what you long for, and ask. Just ask. Ask him to touch you today. I tell you what, the last few weeks, uh, we've been doing something that's outside of the normal culture of our church. Um, and after the, the, the messages, we've just had a time of prayer and invited people just to come and be prayed for. Um, and the truth is, very few of you all have responded. <laughs> and, and I get it. It's hard to break the ice. Uh, I, I get it. it. It feels a little awkward, a little weird. But the truth is, I know I know that some of you here today needed a, a deeper touch from Jesus. I know that. Be honest about your need. This really is a safe place. Um, and, and you can pray right in your seat. Yeah, absolutely. But there's power when somebody else touches you and prays over you. There's power in that. Um, so, uh, as as our uh, some of our uh, prayers are coming forward, uh, I just want to invite you during this sometime during this next song, um, if if you want a deeper touch from Jesus, in whatever way, um, don't don't hesitate to come forward and just have somebody pray for you, um, or you can come to a prayer station and just just pray on your own, um, but. But as we enter into that, just let me pray. Let me pray for us. Well, Jesus, here we are, and we've been, we've been brought to you today, maybe by a friend or by habit or by circumstance, and, and now we feel your hand being extended to us. And right now, Jesus, we want to take your hand and have you lead us to a place where you can, you can take the blinders off, where you can help us be honest about where we're at and let you heal us. Jesus, would you speak to our hearts in this moment? We long, we long for a touch from you.